Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Happy Monday? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 for a second there, I felt very Friday-ish because that's what you do right before the motherfucking Happy Friday. Monday. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, though, it's the day after daylight savings. The clocks went ahead, hopefully for the last time yesterday. And that means statistically today is one of the most dangerous days on the road. So if you're on the road right now and there's so many uh, contractors and tradespeople and truck drivers and, and the list goes on, people that listen while they drive all day long. Stop fucking around. You just got the podcast on. Leave it. Turn it up a little bit and then don't touch it. Eyes on the road and let's not fuck this up for everybody mm-hmm. behind you. Mm-hmm. Let's have a, a fuck up free Monday. How about that? I like that. <laughs> fuck, up, fuck up free Monday. That's the I best. don't get it, though. I mean, I, uh, I, I haven't been in a collision in a long time. Knock on wood. But even when I'm tired, I still manage to keep the car on the road and not crash into anybody else. But ever, for whatever reason, the day after daylight savings, everybody goes all squirrely. It's true. It, 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 they do. For me, though, I find that this day isn't the problem. I find that, like, tomorrow I'll probably feel tired. I'm good. I, maybe it's just because I'm, like, running on some fumes. I don't even know. But tomorrow's when I'll probably feel tired. But they say this whole week can affect you. Like, when you do that one-hour shift, it can affect you. For an entire week, some people longer. And you know what else, too? I, I heard, I don't know if this is true. I mean, you can ask your pets if your pets are nearby. But apparently it really fucks with your pets because they don't have an idea of time. They don't understand that there's a time change, right? To them, time is nothing. But because your routines change, because you're bringing them out to pee at a different time every morning or you're feeding them at a different time, it throws them off and can make them actually sick in a way because of it. Well, now we're fucking with the pets. So can we just stop with the time change? Leave the damn animals out of this? I don't know that I buy that about pets don't know what time it is. I I think maybe on some level they do, because my dog is always running. He doesn't walk anywhere. It's just run, 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 (laughs) run. And maybe it's a puppy, or maybe he really feels like he's late. Like, oh, fuck, I didn't know I was supposed to be in the kitchen licking myself right now. Leo, okay, so it's funny you say that, because I remember those days, and you're, you're doing puppy training, right? I, I am, Correct? yes. Okay, so yes. Th- that's one of the things that you're working on, I'm sure, is that constant, they want to go, go, go. They need to learn to, hang on, I'm leading, you know, I'm leading this, and I will tell you what pace we're going at, right? Is that kind of part of it? Basically. Ish? Yeah, so I remember yeah. I remember that, but it's so funny because, Scott, I can't, I did that training with Leo. It did nothing. He's still, at, te- at almost 10, always fucking runs. You t- described it perfectly. When we're out for a walk, it's not a walk. It's just a... Oh, the fuck, holy shit, the smell, squirrel piss. I smell squirrel piss. What is this over here? Oh, there's a kid over there. He's constantly running, constantly. Like he's late for something. Oh, oh, like he's late for something all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know what it is with dogs, but uh, right now we're working on a couple of different things, namely staying right beside me when we're on a walk. So I just hold the leash nice and nice and loose and. And when I stop, not only does he stop, he has he circles around and sits right by my left leg. Oh, beautiful. Now, do you are you um, do you do treats or do you have that clicker thing or what do you use? I don't like the clicker yeah. thing because it irritates me. That's just my thing. <laughs> right. But yeah, we're using uh, small treat rewards and things like Good. that. He's doing really, really well. People ask me from time to time to uh, post more pictures of him. I guess I could. I just don't want to piss people off and overshare my dog. But yeah, you don't want to. Yeah. Like you don't want to be that person. And I know you mentioned maybe you would do a dog account and maybe if that's the case, if you really like sharing it, then just do a dog account. Well, I thought about it. And even that feels a little, 
Like the dog doesn't give a fuck. I mean, either way, no. it's still me doing it. No. And it's not like I need another Instagram account. And to it's run. not like you have time for that shit. Who has time for that? Or any time free in a day. Yes, Kat, you're 100% right. Um, let's do Okay, I do want to talk about the Grammys because they were awful. And I want oh, to talk about. Okay, because on uh, the morning it, show, you didn't make it seem like it was that awful, but you actually would call it awful. Well, we got to walk a fine line, right? Because, yeah, we're in radio and we play a lot of music and it's a top 40 station. And I don't know. And, and they've also made it very unpopular to shit on some of the choices. Like for me, I'd never even heard that song by her. I don't know how it won song of the year or record of the year, or whichever one it was. Yeah, it was I don't understand. Yeah, it's complete bullshit that the weekend wasn't even nominated. I mean, not even nominated. He had the song of the year wasn't even nominated. Uh, the performances, some of them were good. Some of them were, eh, but it was all performances. I mean, in the first hour, they gave away one award. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And and that's not why I think people tune into the Grammys. It's supposed to be and they never get it perfect, but it's supposed to be a balance of performances and awards. And you hear some speeches and some of them are funny and some of them are emotional. Uh, people will often promote their social justice causes. And that's kind of what I expect from these shows. But to just see a straight up concert during covid, it wasn't really it, it didn't do it for me anyway. But we'll come back to that. I also want to talk about the talk because Sharon Osbourne might have a point And Chris Harrison out on The Bachelorette. Officially. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, and I okay, just quickly, I want to talk about vaccines as we record now. It's around quarter to 10 and the Ontario covid vaccine portal is up and running. It launched this morning at 8 a.m. and they were worried that everybody in the province was going to log on at once and crash the thing. That doesn't appear to have happened because it's still up and running as of right now. I'm sure it will crash, but it's it's still good now. It's only for 80 plus, though. And this vaccine rollout, despite the best of intentions, is just this is going sideways here. Doug, I'm pretty sure you're a regular listener to this podcast. So let me have a quick Scott to Doug chat here with you. Mm. You're doing the right thing. And yes, you're right to keep pointing out we're willing to give as many shots as the government gets for us. That's good. That's all good messaging. But you're going to fuck this up if you let it keep going the way it's going, because I I'm not 60 to 64. I'm not a frontline healthcare worker. I'm not a personal support worker. I'm not 80 plus, but the whole thing's getting fucked up here. So you've got 80 plus that can register. Fine. If you're 60 to 64, you can also register, but that's going to kick you down to a pharmacy to get the AstraZeneca. And that's only available in certain cities. I don't understand why we needed to do a trial in Wellington, Dufferin, Guelph and Simcoe, Muskoka and Toronto and Windsor or whatever it is. Just fucking roll it out to all the pharmacies. It's either all the pharmacies or none of the pharmacies. I was trying to see if my dad can get his vaccine. So I logged in today because he fits into that one category, the 60 to 65. And yeah, he is eligible. But no, he's not eligible in the region he lives in. But if he lived in another region, which neighbors his region, he could get it. It's it's already getting stupid and people are going to pick that apart like crazy. So all or nothing. And another thing. I don't know who the fuck decided this was a good idea, but they shut down the Amazon warehouse on Heritage Road in Brampton. Five thousand employees sent home to self-isolate for two weeks. I had no idea that public health could just go and take a major cog in the wheel of our economic recovery offline for two weeks. Well, okay, so obviously there's enough issue where they had to shut it down completely. What's the backstory to that? Were they not reporting cases? Well, the problem is since October, there's been 600 infections, but more than half of them have come in the last week or two. 
<laughs> guys, you don't just, it's not an all or nothing thing. This Dr. Lawrence Lowe here guy in Peel is pissing me off. He has been for a while. Now he's really pissing me off. Listen, let's get something clear here. We're not going into a third wave. We're not going to continue fucking around the way we have been for the last year where sometimes we're shutting people down and then other people can open and this is open and that's not. Fuck that stuff. Uh Uh-uh. We made it through the second wave. Vaccines are here. This is not on the public anymore. This is not about you wash your hands and you wear a mask and you do this and do that and protect each other bullshit that we did for the last year. This is not on us. We did it. We did everything we had to do. Now it's on you, Doug. It's on you, Justin. Get the goddamn vaccines in people's arms. And I don't care if you have to try and move heaven and earth to do it. Get the goddamn vaccines out there. Because I think I speak for a lot of people when I say we're good. We did our part. We waited as long as we had to wait. Stop shutting down businesses. If there's really an issue with the Amazon warehouse, go in and figure out what the issue is and get people doing what we know works. Distance, masks, hand washing, sanitizing, all that shit that we've been supposed to be doing for the last year. Clearly, something's getting missed. If you're wearing a mask and you're more than six feet apart and you don't touch your face or you wash your hands first, there shouldn't be any covid there, let alone 600 cases. Clearly, something got missed. Figure out what got missed. Don't send 5000 people home. And fuck up the deliveries for the entire province to do it for two weeks. Stop it. That's a ridiculous way to do it. Sorry, I know I'm going off here, but fuck (laughs) them. Fuck them. No, enough's enough. We did our part. We made it through the second wave. And if numbers are going back up, don't look at us and say, oh, well, we better shut shit down and go back into lockdown. Uh Uh-uh. You get the goddamn vaccines out. You do that. And I don't want any more excuses. Enough's enough. Open it up to everybody. it's ridiculous to me that we get the federal government saying, oh, yeah, every adult who wants one will have a vaccine by June 20th. And then the provincial government opens up the vaccine portal today and it's only for 80 plus and the people 75 to 80 should be able to register come uh, April. That's two weeks away. Two weeks. Get the fucking vaccines going. Don't tell this is not on the public anymore. This is 100 percent on government and they better not screw this up because nobody wants another lockdown. Nobody wants this third wave. I don't think anybody believes there will be a third wave, by the way. I know cases are a little higher than they were two weeks ago. Kind of to be expected. Restrictions loosened. Warmer weather's here. Fine. It's the variant thing that's that's screwing with it a little bit. But I I agree. I don't think that we're going to get there. I don't think we are either. The, this talk of a third wave to me, and I didn't use this term throughout the pandemic. You can go back and listen. I never once accused the government of fear mongering, but I'm starting to wonder if maybe they're fear mongering a little bit with this variant shit. What do we have? 175 cases total. Just get the stupid vaccines out and let's get on with it here. Let's get back to normal life. Enough screwing around. This is not on the public anymore. This is on government. Do your job that you've had a year to get ready for. Do it. You knew from the day this was a pandemic that there's going to be a time, probably sooner than later, where we're going to have to start vaccinating people. You've had a year to do it. Get it done. Boom. Boom. Okay. Okay, hey. great. I'm glad. So you how was your weekend? <laughs> well. No, but you know wow. what, though? That needed to be said because there's people out there who have been hanging on by their fingernails for the last year and they've done everything they were supposed to do. And now it's supposed to be our time. Right. Uh, right. America had three million people vaccinated on Saturday. Three million people got vaccinated in one day. Yeah. Do you know that if we in Ontario had the same setup that America's got, we would have everyone Isn't in Ontario. Who, 
Because I know, obviously, like, numbers vary. We, we don't have as many people in our country. In fact, what do we have? As many people in our province fits inside the, one, of the, one of their states. In the yeah. story, across our entire country fits inside one of their states, basically. So is there something to be said for that? I mean... Well, proportionately. I mean, yeah, they, they've got more vaccines because they were better organized, and they're making them themselves, and they've got a good distribution system with the U.S. military, and FedEx is delivering them and everything. It's great. But, I mean, here... Yeah, we've got a much smaller population. We're about the tenth, a tenth the size of America. But if we had in Ontario what they have in America, every adult who wants a vaccine in Ontario could be vaccinated by St. Patrick's Day. Wednesday. It's Monday now. Wednesday. Everyone could be vaccinated if we could get our shit together the way they've got it together down there. There you go. Okay. I won't talk about vaccines yeah, anymore. I, I, I know. I know what you're saying. They also had they were they did things wrong a lot of the time in the beginning, though, and they had more deaths, I think, because of it. So I think we reacted a little bit better toward the beginning, even though we had our, our hiccups. I, I don't think comparing ourselves to them really does us any good. But I see what you're saying. Like, I, I do. I, I do hope this rollout happens as seamlessly as possible. Let's hope that we don't look back in, on this and go. That was one of the the low lights of the entire thing we want to make sure that it's a hey it's a good time you're right i mean we should be happy and thinking forward to hey summertime we're all gonna get better we're probably gonna be able to get together in person in bigger groups than five or whatever it's at now um yeah i'm with you hopefully hopefully that's the case okay let's talk quickly here about the talk have you got that clip that you played on our fm radio show this morning 91.5 uh, I, the beaten Kitchener? i do yeah so that was from uh that was from last week on the talk um, I'll give you a I'll give you a quick backstory here. So Sharon Osborne, who is on the panel, is friends. I, I don't know how close a friend she is with Pierce Morgan. We know they've worked together in the past on many things because they're they're both Brits and 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 they're close ish. So she came to his defense um, based on what happened with him leaving his show Good Morning Britain, being accused of being a racist, and she basically was defending him, saying, "I'm confused." with how what he did was racist. And because she said that, people were attacking her, calling Mm -hmm. her a racist. And then things really got heated last week. Here's a little bit of what happened between she and Cheryl Underwood, who was also on the panel for the talk, when Cheryl was trying to explain to Sharon, (laughs) stick with me here, on why she believes people might think you're racist if you defend him because he is a racist. Listen to this. But I want you to hear from me. I will ask you again, Cheryl. I've been asking you during the break. I'm asking you again. And don't try and cry, because if anyone should be crying, it should be me. This is the situation. You tell me where you have heard him say, educate me. Tell me when you have heard him say racist things. Educate me. Tell me. It, It is not the exact words of racism It's the implication and the reaction to it to not want to address that because she is a black woman and to try to dismiss it or to make it seem less than what it is. That's what makes it racist. But but right now. I'm talking to a woman who I believe is my friend. And I don't want anybody here to 
to watch this and say that we're attacking you for being racist. And and, and that and, and for that, if I articulated I think it's anything, too late. I think that okay, seed's already sown. But that that is why I'm saying for <laughs> me, I'm saying for me, for me. I thought I was asking a question about the perception for other people. That's why I prefaced it with, I've never heard you utter anything okay. racist, Cheryl, but, I have, but I have felt that Pierce was racist in his stance against Meghan Markle. And the last time he was on this show, I said as much. I said it when he was on this and show. And what was his answer to you? He's, he didn't feel that he didn't feel that it was racist. He didn't feel that that the the racial statements that he was making were racist. But I was talking to him. OK, answer me this mm-hmm. one. OK, because I don't know. I don't understand mm-hmm. if he doesn't like someone. And I think this is for everybody who is a born white. If he doesn't, Piers doesn't like someone and they happen to be black. Mm-hmm. Does that make him a racist? No. No. That's a no. No. Right. So why can't it be he just doesn't like her? Why does it have to be racist? There you go. So um, now it's getting really complicated. So here's what's yeah, going on now. It is. So like, here, here's what's happening now, because I'll give you what's happening before we talk about this. So they're on hiatus Minimum two days, CBS launched a probe into into this dust up, if you will, that they had. So why do you have to launch a probe? I, I think what's happening behind the scenes is very interesting. Here's what happened after. On Saturday, in fact, Sharon posted a screenshot of an email she said was sent by another past talk co-panelist named Holly Robinson Pete. You might remember she was on the show. So after this whole thing went down with Cheryl and Sharon last week. Holly Robinson Pete basically tweeted that she believes that Sharon Osbourne has racist tendencies. And in fact, she claims at one point Sharon called her to ghetto or something like this. So then what happened was Sharon posted a screenshot of this email sent by Holly. And the note speaks basically on the issue showing that at the time everything was fine. And it was right after Julie Chen left the show, which seems I know if you're if you don't pay attention to the show, you're like, what the fuck is going on? So basically, CBS actually has to halt the show completely because obviously there's too much toxicity there to continue on with the show and act like everything's normal. And they don't want anyone to have this is how I feel about it. I think that what's happening here is CBS doesn't want to throw these ladies back on the air again today, Monday and go, OK, continue that conversation because you can't not continue it. Because everybody knows that what happened, uh, you know, as of Friday was like intense. You can't ignore it, but you also don't want them to continue because it could seriously damage CBS in a way. Right. So CBS is now holding back, saying, hang the fuck on. So now they're calling it a, a, a basically a probe or an investigation into this conversation. I'm not sure if they're going to try to award someone a winner of this dust up. If Sharon, um, I think, might be threatening to quit because she's taken enough from people calling her a racist for defending Pierce. And she said that openly, like some of you viewers have been messaging me, calling me racist this week. And I am not racist. Why is it that? And I mean, you just heard her ask Cheryl the same question. Why is it that because you're defending someone, 
or you're talking shit about someone who happens to be black, why does that make you racist, right? So they were, I think that was what she was trying to do, but she was really digging herself a deeper hole, even in what happened off the air. And then that's when CBS decided, Kate, you, you, you bitches ain't going to be on a panel together come Monday. Not happening. We need to hash this out, I think, privately and figure out the root cause of what happened here and what to do going forward. I mean, it's a show where they're set up to debate, sort of. They mainly just yell over each other. But they are supposed to discuss these hot-button issues. And part of the problem here, and this is a real frustration for people who have been accused of being racist. I'm sure Chris Harrison is in a similar boat. We're going to talk about him in a sec. Is I can say, Kat, you're a racist. You're a racist and you should be off the air. Okay, then what? Like, it's not like you can say, because obviously you're going to say, no, I'm not racist. Okay, but there's that's it then, right? The accusation is out there. You've been labeled a racist, so you must be racist. And people just take that and accept it. And I don't understand why. Not it's sh- not like there's a court where you can plead your case and say, yeah, they said she said I was racist. I'm not racist. And here's why. It's almost like once the accusation's out there, you're labeled. I'm not sure that that's exactly how it 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 goes though because there is a little more to it like pierce he he, there's a lot more to that story with megan than just that oh she's black and he's shitting all over her no there's a personal thing happening there too um with with sharon same thing defending pierce but you can't call her a racist because she's defending someone who someone else is calling a racist too but there are more to those stories now people are trying to dig up other things sharon's done much like holly robinson pete did so now you're trying to get it seems, collecting evidence. Do you really need to be in the picture? Holly Robinson, Pete, for example? No, you don't. But you feel you have a story to tell that might lend to this conversation that people are having, right? So that's where it gets tricky is you're digging up things from the past, which we've seen time and time again, right? And people call it, label it under cancel culture. But when you add up all of these things, that's where it becomes a problem. It isn't just someone called someone a racist and all of a sudden everyone thinks they're a racist. You need to have some receipts, and in some cases, some of these receipts, although maybe questionable, might still fly under that category or might be enough for, for people to say, explain yourself a little bit more. Uh, Chris Harrison, for example, explain yourself why you think it's okay to do a party like that, which is basically, and this these photos are racist. You're saying it might have been okay in 2018, but it's not okay here, right? So it's there's a little more to it than just, I think, than just labeling someone a racist and then everyone's going to assume they're a racist. But there is some hypocrisy here. And, and let's let's call it what it is. It's hypocrisy. Uh, case in point, we'll use uh, our prime minister has posed in blackface multiple times that we know of multiple times. Yeah. Nobody was arguing for Justin Trudeau to be canceled, but well, they weren't. I mean, well, some people yeah. were, but he's still there. But Justin Trudeau is a consummate liberal and he is the the leader of the party and he got away with it. You bet your ass if there was a photo of. Andrew Shear, Stephen Harper, uh, Aaron O'Toole in blackface, the the outrage on one side would have been undeniable. He would have been forced into hiding, basically. So that's just one example. Let's talk uh, quickly about Andrew Cuomo down in the States. He is the New York governor now with so many accusations of sexual misconduct against him. There are so many of them and more came out this weekend. They asked Joe Biden, president of the United States, about it. Hey, Joe, I mean, this is a guy who's in your party and he's got aspirations of being president someday. What do you think about these accusations? Biden's comment, and he's right, is just there's an investigation underway. Let's see what the investigation uncovers. 
But you bet your ass if those accusations were against, I don't know, Ted Cruz, uh, a, a prominent Republican, they would have been canceled before the day was over on the first accusation. Mm-hmm. It's true, though. I, I can't think of any other way to put it. Yeah. It's true. I think Joe Biden is absolutely right. There's an investigation underway. Let's see what's going on here. Let's find out what the problem is. Let's see if we can figure out what happened. I, I, I don't wasn't Joe the one who argued that the woman always gets the benefit of the doubt here. Wasn't that his thing? We believe you. Well, you either do or you don't. If you do believe the women, women, multiple, then I don't understand why that other comment. It's a bizarre situation. It's a weird time that we're in right now. It's got everybody uh, a little bit on edge. Yep. 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 Doesn't it? I mean, I think so. uh, here's here's Chris Harrison, for example. Chris has now been taken off The Bachelorette for the upcoming season. Yeah. Yeah. Chris is going to be um, replaced for, which we knew. I mean, we called that. I think that it's going to be at least this. If not, I think he might not come back. Honestly, Scott. But anyway, um, for this Bachelorette upcoming season, it'll be Tasha Adams. And Kristen Bristow, uh, two former Bachelorettes, who will be co-hosting the upcoming uh, season. And then tonight's the finale of The Bachelor, and most people by now know, yes, Chris will be involved in Matt's portion. But then the after the final roast special, it'll be Emmanuel Ocho who takes over. I, I don't know anything about him. I, I'm curious to see how he does as a big fan of the Bachelor series. Mm-hmm. I, I, you could call me part of Bachelor Nation, but... Uh, I just don't know about this Chris Harrison thing. I mean, that really ramped up. He's gone now. He lost his job over that. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Yeah, is much. he still going to be behind the scenes, though, involved? Like, is he still getting a check to just be like a an executive producer no, or mean, a consultant or no. a writer? Uh, I mean, not at this point. It's still early. That said, I'm sure that he, I mean, he has learning to do. He said it himself. So if he really is doing all those things that he's saying that he's doing, it's going to take a while. I, I don't. He could be behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that might be like a constellation prize for ABC to give to him, basically. of Like, oh, you did all the work. Good. So you're not going to be hosting anymore, but we found this fun little role for you. You're going to help with casting or some shit like that. I I could see that happening. I could see that happening. I really could. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, hey, new isn't necessarily bad. I will definitely give it the benefit of the doubt. And for all I know, this guy's great. Maybe he's better than Chris Harrison. Well, and it's just a one-time thing. Like, keep in mind, like I said, the 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 two women are going to be hosting next time. Maybe they'll find new co-hosts for the next season if if they decide not to bring Chris back in. This guy is a former NFL player. For those who don't know, he wrote a book called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. So very strategically chosen to to do this. I don't know if he's ever hosted something before. He did though say he he has spoken with Chris. I never in a million years, Rachel, thought that my book on racial reconciliation would lead me to one of the most storied shows and one of the most pivotal and volatile moments of this franchise and that I would be the man for this moment. Chris and I have spoken at length over the last two weeks. Um, very good, helpful conversations before I was ever named the host of After the Final Rose. Okay. And we've just had very positive dialogue. What does Chris Harrison need to do to really show that he has learned from his mistake? The first thing is people need to give him the opportunity, the grace, and the time to do the work. And then they need to receive the work that he does. Interesting. I I would love to know more about that conversation. We probably never will, but I'd love to know a little bit more about that. Uh, Let's go to, before I talk about this crazy mom, 
Some parents just go too far. It's a good story coming up. Uh, let's talk about the Grammys here. You watched last night and overall thoughts? Uh, 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 overall thoughts? Um, uh, Not as bad as I thought it would be, actually. Not as bad as I thought, but I didn't have high expectations. <laughs> it was a very low bar. You know I mean, um, so Trevor Noah, I don't watch that show and go, wow, I really like like him as an as an entertainer. Um, but I thought he did okay. Here's a bit of him hosting the show. Tonight is going to be the biggest outdoor event this year besides the storming of the Capitol. Because, you see, right here in this elegant open-air tent, we will be presenting the most prestigious sought-after peer voter trophies in music, giving our shiny new Grammy Awards live throughout the evening. But we have to do it quickly because tomorrow this tent is reserved for an outdoor wedding in Malibu and I do not want to lose my security deposits. Now, rest assured... Everyone here is following all COVID-19 protocols and guidelines. In fact, this is going to be the rare award show where the white stuff going up people's noses is cotton swabs. It's really safe. So this year's Grammys does look a little different. I'm not going to front. The whole thing is going to be different. But it's also going to be even more exciting because our impressive nominees will be sitting at those tables for their awards. So right now, there's more tension in that tent than at a family reunion at Buckingham Palace. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was all. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think anything was crazy funny. I mean, Trevor Noah is an interesting one. It's a little off topic, but Trevor Noah is a funny guy, but not the same as John Stewart. And he was always a weird choice for me to replace John Stewart on The Daily Show because they are so different. Mm-hmm. Um, all in all, I'm glad they went back to the host route instead of just having a random musician who didn't happen to be nominated hosting. I, I think that that was a good way to go last night. He was okay. He did what he had to do. He checked all the boxes. Just not great. But then again, the whole show wasn't great. They gave out one award in the first hour. They're kind of always like that, though, aren't they? It was it was very heavy for for performers. And I feel like they ask so many people to do it for that reason. But if you didn't have that, though, Scott, and you just had award after award after award, you'd, you'd complain that it's boring because it would well, be boring. I don't want to hear acceptance speeches 90% of the time. There's 10% where maybe I'm like, okay, I'm interested in what you have to say. I'll be honest with you. Otherwise, I don't give a fuck. I don't want to hear you thanking every single producer on this album. I don't know them, and I don't care. So if you had an award show that was actually just awards and 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 thank you, acceptance speeches that run too long, and I'd be bored. So I'm glad well, there were performances. Like, that's what I'd rather see. Yeah, when it comes to award shows for years, because they used to be very, very popular, and now they've really died off in the ratings. It, it it's they're trying out different things. They have been for years experimenting with different formats. And should it be more performances? Or should we do more awards? Give out some of the awards off camera and just do like a quick congratulations on the screen. And I don't know that they've necessarily found the right solution. But I think one thing that would go a long way for getting people interested is making them believable. Because right now, a lot of people don't believe the Grammys have any credibility based on who wasn't nominated last night. I mean, to exclude the weekend and we all assume it's because he didn't go because he had to do the Super Bowl last month. I mean, that looks terrible. It, it really does. And yep. when it comes to award shows, uh, just to your point there, uh, uh, will people watch it if it's just awards and acceptance speeches? I mean, one of the biggest events of the year is the Oscars. The Oscars is over three hours and it's all awards. They have five performances in three hours. The Grammys last night had five performances between 8 and 8.22. So, I mean, uh, they probably could find a better balance. In general, I don't know that the, the awards were all that credible because The weekend wasn't nominated. Eh. Yeah. 
Um, I think, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of, there's always controversy, but this year, especially in the last few years, really, we have, we have heard, I think, I don't know, for me, I've heard a little too much of that. A lot of underhanded, and, and it wasn't just the Grammys, by the way. It happened recently at the Golden Globes. You might remember Emily in Paris was nominated. It was a fucking horrendous show. The, the acting was brutal. And then we found out that a lot of these uh, people who were in charge of, of the nominees were flown to Paris and treated it with luxury, stayed at a luxurious hotel and watched them film it. You're telling me that didn't have any impact on their vote? And to get that, like, give me a break. And that shit happens all the time. It just doesn't get talked about. Because why would you say it if you're the one getting an award? Like, you know full well, oh, my manager, you know, donated to this charity who's this person's, you know, uh, charity that happens to be part of the academy. But I'm not going to say anything because I just want a fucking award. Mm-hmm. Nobody's willing to call anyone out. At least I do give Abel the weekend. I do give him credit for calling them out and saying, look, this is what this is such bullshit. I they asked me to perform. I told them I'm busy doing this, and then next thing you know, I'm not nominated for one song, but I have a record-breaking hit. Let's just talk about Blinding Lights alone, not the all the other hits he's had in the last year. Let's just talk about Blinding Lights here. I mean, it was the first song to go number 1 or sorry, top 10 for a full year, a full calendar year. And you're telling me that thing didn't get a nomination? Give me a break. Like there's personal shit at play all the time with these things. We've heard about it before, and I, I'm, I, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. So that's why sometimes when I do watch these award shows, Scott, I just, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I know that this is all just bullshit. So the, the award part, I actually care less about. Give me the entertainment in between. Give me the hosts. Uh, give me some performances. I'm about that more so than the award itself. I don't really think that hardware in a lot of these cases matters anymore because there's too much shit going on behind the scenes. Do you remember back in the day when we used to have the Lotterio draws and they were all televised and people used to sit around the TV to get their lottery numbers? Otherwise, they had to wait till the next day when the paper got delivered. Right. I really think that they should do the Grammys like that. If the Grammys wants to be the definitive Bible on the music industry, well, A, we should hear from them more than once a year. And they don't need to jam everything into a three and a half hour broadcast that goes 14 minutes long and nobody was happy with. I mean, every year there's a big debate. Ooh, what's going to be the song of the summer? Well, maybe the Grammys should step up in August and say, we're the Grammys and we're deciding song of the summer was uh, rain on me or song of the summer was whatever. Be a little more present here, guys. And you don't have to jam an entire year into three hours. They could break that up. They should also treat it more like a dramatic event, like in five minutes, the record of the year and and make a big deal of it. You know what? Maybe have all five of those people that are in that category perform right there, hand out the award and then boom, we'll see you in two weeks when we do country artist of the year. I'm but yeah, I don't know. I'm also of the mindset of they don't matter anymore. And I really, truly don't think so. And especially with what we have going on right now with streaming services. I mean, those speak volumes compared to those shitty awards like yeah. hand out the spotify awards that should be fairly accurate right and spotify will give you their stuff every year and apple will give you their stuff every year and whatever other youtube whatever i don't care what it is i'd like to know that because that speaks to the truth it's not an academy deciding who's great it's people enough people listening to the song saying that song's great because i want to listen to it several times in a day even because i love it that much and there's billions and billions of of views or listens on on a track. That's what matters more. And and the weekend, by the way, isn't the only one to hate on the Grammys. I mean, we've heard it from artists for many years, and Drake being one of them. And more recently, 
said the same thing. And how many nominations has Drake had? Not enough, considering his massive hits. He was the number one top-selling artist for like five years in a row. But how many Grammys did he get? It's because he refused to perform for them. He does not care about trophies, and he even has several songs about it. So when when people do that, of course, they're going to get snubbed because the people who are choosing these artists are going to say, well, screw you then. You're not good for our brand, so we're not going to give you an award. You know, well, it's it's all a bunch of bullshit, I think. I, I, I'd i rather, like you said, let's do the Spotify Awards from now on. Fine. They want to take the lead on that? Great. That's an award show I'll watch because that's truth. That's listens. That's views. I'm in. That's statistically proven. Yes. I do want to say, though, that, and I know not everybody likes them, and it's a bit of an adjustment compared to all the hit records that are out right now, but Silk Sonic, Anderson Pack, and and Bruno Mars, they're legit, guys. That performance last night was so good on so many levels. Bruno Mars can wail out a song that is so epic and it's effortless for him to do it. He was just out there last night sliding around the stage like like Michael Jackson at times and it was effortless for him to hit those notes and to be that smooth. And it, God, I have so much respect and time for Bruno Mars. He is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, quickly here, I do want to talk about this wild mom before we go too long. And then we're going to talk about the shamrock shake and we're done. Some moms are crazy, right? Some parents go over the top to get their kid, whatever their kid wants. We get that. There's a woman in Pennsylvania who decided her daughter should be the, the focal point of her high school's cheerleading team. So mom Needed to get rid of a few a few of the other girls that were on that team that, whoa, were, whoa, that were dancing whoa. pretty well and, and looked pretty good in the, uh-huh. the cheerleading outfits and stuff. She wanted to get rid of them. Got to get them get them gone. My daughter's going to be the star of that cheerleading team. So mom went a little fucking crazy and made these deep fake photos and videos to make it look like those other cheerleaders, her competitors, were drinking underage vaping she even made one of them appear naked no not kidding no oh my god that's so desperate then she created a a, a gmail or a hotmail account or whatever it was and sent the pictures to the team's coach even to the girls themselves the reports say there's no sign that the daughter knew that this was going on this was all the mom trying to take out the competition so her daughter could shine Well, the parents of the other girls and the coaches themselves went right to the police. The police investigated and said, yep, these are fake. They traced the photos back to the other cheerleaders. Mom, she was arrested for cyber harassment of a child, among other things. Snap. She could do jail time for this. Wow. As she probably should. Like, I get it. We're all proud of our kids and we want nothing but the best for them. And uh, your dreams must come true. I love that attitude. But at the end of the day, she's got to be the best cheerleader to be the best cheerleader. Taking out the other girls so she looks like the best cheerleader. That's crazy. Wow. To manufacture nude photos of an underage girl to try and get her kicked off the team is what's going through your head when you think, you know what I'm going to do? Haha, this is what will fix this. And how does the daughter feel? Oh, like, she must be, be mortified, right? Like that's kind of like the college admission scandal. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Like, you, like, congratulations! Now you really now not only did you screw up some other people's lives or attempt to, but now you've really messed with your daughter's head. Yeah, she probably feels like shit, yeah. and she didn't do anything wrong. No. Wednesday is St. Patrick's Day. 
I love the Shamrock Shake. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. I love it. Shamrock Shake every year. I've been doing it since well as as long as I can remember. So I will venture out to McDonald's probably twice between now and Wednesday and get a Shamrock Shake. And I know there's calories. Don't worry. I'll figure it out. I just want it. So they've published the recipe now on how to make a Shamrock Shake on your own. And the recipe is surprisingly simple. Two cups of vanilla ice cream, three quarters of a cup of milk, half cup of heavy cream, one cup of fresh mint leaves, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, and a half teaspoon of peppermint extract. Put it in a blender. You have got a perfect shamrock shake. Some people say it's probably even healthier because this uses mint leaves, whereas at McDonald's, they use mint syrup, which is very sugary. Okay, so that's fine. We talked about that on our show this morning. (laughs) I'm going to make myself a shamrock shake. There's a cool little DIY project for myself this week. Fun. Somebody messaged in, and they're actually making a lot of sense. Said, actually, guys, if you want more of an adult shamrock shake, what you do is you take that vanilla ice cream, you mix in a little bit of milk, like we'll say a a cup, maybe half a cup. Then you're going to add in some creme de menthe and some peppermint vodka. Apparently, that is an even better shamrock shake. (laughs) Now, I don't own any peppermint vodka. Personally, I'm opposed to flavored vodka. However, I might actually go and see if I can find myself one of the little guys and make that at home because that sounds amazing, doesn't it? Um, No, not to me. I mean, really? no, no. OK, so two things I don't like. I, I'm not a fan of the shamrock shake, but that aside. So let's say you're even talking about a vanilla milkshake. Don't add alcohol to anything that has to do with milk. That's my opinion. And I know there are some people who drink the what, what's the other one there you make with the, with milk and shit like that. White Russian, brown White cow. Russians and shit. OK, fine. I just, I, you can't get, you can't, like, what's the point of them? Because you can't get drunk off it. It's really, like, your stomach got to fucking hate you after that. And alcohol, anything alcohol and, and, and stuff that comes from a cow in the same drink, I'm out. I'm out. No thanks. <laughs> I don't want to puke that back up again, which I inevitably will if I drink that. Okay, but that would be pretty good tasting vomit coming back up. Oh, well, it tastes like peppermint yeah, and mint. <laughs> I mean, there's worse to throw up. Absolutely. There'd be worse to throw up. But no, to me, it's such a waste to put alcohol, like good alcohol, into a concoction like that. Like, save that for a treat. That's a dessert. But don't don't mix that. Don't mix that shit. Even Bailey's, I won't mix it with milk, like milk or anything. Like, Bailey's in a coffee? I get that. That's great. But I, I still can't drink a lot of it because it grosses me out. I just feel like I can feel it curdling in my stomach. No thanks. And on that... It's always good to end off with whatever's curdling in someone's stomach. I feel like that's a good way to go out on a podcast, you know? so gross, eh? (laughs) Well, before we vomit, you guys have yourselves a great day. (laughs) Thank you for listening to After 9. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.